Welcome to Kid Tech, the podcast that goes behind the scenes with the people who make and shape the kids' digital media industry. I'm your host, Dylan Collins, CEO of Super Awesome. Today, you're going to hear a fantastically interesting chat between myself and Julia Golden, who's the Chief Product and Marketing Officer in Lego. Uh, we've been trying to line this up for a long time, so I'm really pleased we could make it happen. Enjoy. So I've been waiting for a long time to record this uh, particular conversation. Very, very excited to have Julia Golden, who's the Chief Product and Marketing Officer at Lego with us today. And um, just to give you a sense of, of what Julia does in Lego, she has got responsibilities for product development, marketing, research and insights, licensing, partnerships, and uh, the Lego Group's in-house creative agency. So in many respects, she is one of the the, the, the primary beating hearts uh, inside of Lego. Julia, you're very welcome to the Kid Tech Podcast. Thank you for having me. Great to be here. Um, first of all, can you tell us, I, I guess, from a career perspective about your journey to being Chief Product and Marketing Officer at Lego? Like, What, what were kind of the key steps that, that, that got you here over time? Um. So I've always been super interested in this cross-section between human psychology and human understanding and business. And that was probably the very starting point of what always drove my interest. And also, you know, I come from a culturally from a background and, and just, you know, in terms of my education, you know, I always had sort of art and science in quite a balance because I love some of the STEM subjects uh, like math and tech, but at the same time, um, I also love art and humanities and I was actually trained as a pianist. So I always was looking for also this combination of art and science of how you actually make, do things. And so my first starting point was great brands because I felt that great brands go way beyond just being great products, but they really have a purpose and a connection. Um, to human psychology, to society, and they have a role to play. So I was very lucky to work at Coca-Cola and then um, and, and build that brand and other brands and Coke, you know, uh, over time. And then really got the spirit, the, the kind of um, um, taste for innovation uh, and products and how everything can come together. First, when I worked in Coca-Cola Japan, uh, where we actually had... Um, responsibility for product development for some parts of the portfolio that was very unique versus other parts of the world. And then at Revlon, where I, um, you know, looked after product and marketing combined and obviously, you know, led development of cosmetics um, across several different lines. So that's sort of like where the career started to shape, take shape. But what really brought me to the Lego group is that when I was really at a point in my career where I wanted to work on something that didn't, you know, wasn't just about high quality or great quality products and services and great brands, but went beyond it and had a real societal value to offer. And I felt that the Lego group, um, you know, was exactly that, offered exactly that because of its really clear mission and commitment to inspire and develop the builders of tomorrow, the focus on children, the, you know, commitment to the Lego foundation, um, 
the um, you know, and of course, an incredibly interesting and exciting brand with so much potential and and a, 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 you know a, a truly unique gift of a system in place. So all the bricks that click together that creates just an enormous canvas for innovation. So that's where it all came together, you know, also backed by um, a company culture that was unique to any other place where I've ever worked before, uh, really shaped by our values of creativity and learning and caring uh, and respect for one another. And, and so, you know, it, it's the first time that I truly, you know, also had the opportunity not just to do the craft that I do, but also to work in a truly value oriented organization. Mm. Um, that's how it all came together. It's, it's, it's a very, very impressive career. And I mean, at a practical level with your role, I mean, I'm sure it's not as simple as, as like 50% of your day is on product and 50% is on marketing. I mean, can you can you give some sense of sort of how you distribute all that activity? I think, um, you know, the, the key aspect of my role is leadership. And I have a, an amazing team of people. And, um, you know, we, we really um, have focus on working as one team. So my activities are never regimented towards, you know, product or, or marketing, but much more focused on where I can offer real value and engage with the team on things that we really want to progress and move and, you know, where we have high ambitions or where we have big problems to solve. So, but, but I do have an amazing team and we are taking on you know, have a very clear strategic orientation on the things that are really important. We obviously spend a lot of time on how we develop our portfolio, but equally on, you know, development of our digital platforms and everything that we do in the digital space, which I'm sure we'll talk a lot more about, including digital child safety. We focus a lot on championing diversity and inclusion. Um, that's another big topic. Um, we, we really focus on building our brand. And my team has a very unique um kind of um, uh, brief because we have, I would say, um, three feet versus or three legs versus two, but one is firmly planted in today because, you know, the year is progressing and there are things that are happening and we're activating and bringing things to life and reacting to how our consumers and different audiences react to us and whatever is happening in the world. So today is very important. We also have another leg that's focused on tomorrow because we have, we're already well underway and finalizing what's gonna be happening in 2023 and midway through what's gonna be happening in 2024. But we also have one lag in the, you know, very long, much, uh, not much, but kind of a longer term future where we're talking things that are gonna happen over the next three to seven years and how we shape them, we invest in them, how we develop them. And that of course is super exciting as an agenda. And I would imagine the topic of digital engagement with children probably gets considered under each one of those legs. I mean, it's, it's, it's probably one of the biggest frontiers for almost every major consumer company today. How does Lego think about some of the main challenges and opportunities for digital engagement with, with, with this new generation of kids? Yeah, it's a, it's, you're absolutely right. And, you know, the, the, it's interesting because, you know, the 
sometimes I hear people talking about the fact that like 120 years ago, they actually had chief electricity officers, you know, like because electricity was something that was really new. Hmm. But of course, now it would be ridiculous to think of that because <laughs> it's something that is everywhere. Right. And digital is the same way. I mean, the kids that are growing up today, they are not growing up in the physical world and then there's a digital world. It's a seamless world for them. We know that there are so many, uh, you know, there's so many studies that show that, you know, the generations of kids that are now sort of in their teens, you know, they <laughs> are getting into their teens, you know, they are, they, 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 they grow up with touch screens. They grow up with the first generation of iPad and they want to touch everything and expect everything to react to them. So it's just to say the fact that kids are growing up in a completely seamless world and there is no way that a child, you know, would, um, you know, would, would, would think or feel that a screen is not available to them. You know, they want to engage in all the different experiences that are out there. But of course, the world was not designed with a child in mind, and it's not safe for them. And we have really, um, you know, we are really clear about the fact that every experience, no matter what we're talking about, whether it's a product or whether it's a a marketing um, activity or whether it's um, a piece of content or whether it's even a shopper activity for you know parents of kids involves something digital it involves a digital platform and kids are our number one priority and engaging with kids means being where they are and they are in this seamless world we've, we've had a lot of studies we just did a big um, play study a couple of years ago we know that kids move between these platforms very seamlessly. They want to engage with the things that are relevant to them in all kinds of different ways, physically and digitally. And we also know that seven out of 10 parents see that as a positive and they want kids to get positive things out of their engagements. And so we, of course, are super focused on making sure that what we are creating is very relevant and engaging. And that, of course, involves also being leveraging and connecting into the digital space. And we have so many different opportunities to do so. The topic that is uh, very important that I'm sure we're gonna talk more about is the fact that the internet was not designed with children in mind. So even though they're all on it and they're all doing many different things, most of the things they're doing are not designed with them in mind and therefore expose them to all kinds of risks. Uh, and, and, and there's a lot of different, uh, again, examples of where those risks come to fruition, whether it has to do with predatory behaviors, whether it has to do with inappropriate content or language that they're exposed to, whether it has to do with how their self-esteem might be affected or how their rights are protected. So we are very keen to make sure that we are not, you know, that, that we can lead the way in designing the next version you know, whatever it might be called, let's say it's metaverses, that next version with kids in mind. Um, we're doing it on our own platforms. Like when we launched Lego Life, it launched as a truly first digital child safety, child safe pro platform. But we want to do it in a much broader scale because we don't want to deny children the right to enjoy all of the things that they want to enjoy, including social interactions and connections, uh, the right to create, you know, and benefit from their creations, the right to build followership and to relate to others. 
um, you know, these are their very important rights to play and rights to play lead to their own development, but we want to do it in a very positive way. So alongside all of the, you know, exciting innovation that we can do, there's also, um, you know, an integrated uh, piece of work that we're doing really connected and making sure that we do it in a way that's also going to be appropriate for children. And that's where we, you know, we, we, we put a lot of emphasis as a company. Um, yeah, I mean, there's there's so many different strands, I think, within all of that area that, 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 that people are grappling with. Um, the so it would be remiss of me not to point out that lego and epic games recently announced a long-term partnership um really focused on i suppose shaping the future of the metaverse to make sure that it can be a, um, a safe and fun and, and, and playful place for um children and families um I, I, what was the motivation on, on lego's part um for partnering with epic we're super excited about this partnership because we really wanted to play a role in shaping the, the metaverse, as I just you know talked about, in a way that will protect um, children's rights to play. And in order to do that, you need to work with a partner that one is going to be super focused on creating really immersive and engaging and fun experiences for kids. I mean, that has to be number one objective. Mm -hmm but also somebody who is, um, you know, willing to, and, and wants to, to, to work, um, you know, to work hard because it will take hard work to ensure that these, these experiences are really created with child safety in mind. It's much harder to do that than to do things that are not. Mm -hmm. So to find a partner who is like-minded, um, you know, is, is, it, it, it was, a, it was a really, really big win for us. And of course, Epic, um, uh, is super focused on exactly that. We, we share the same goals to really create experiences that will build um, confident creators in every child, you know, to give, you know, that are democratic, that gives every child an opportunity to be at their best and to really enjoy themselves and connect with each other in a very positive way. But Epic is also very committed to digital child safety. You know, they, they obviously acquired Super Awesome, um, your company, which we also have very strong relationship with uh, and have had for a few years now. So I think we already have together a head start in developing, you know, the right principles and approaches and frameworks to build, um, to, build thing, to build experiences that are digitally child safe. And I, and I think this partnership will help us together to also champion digital child safety and influence hopefully the rest of the world to start coming together on some common principles and approaches mm -hmm. not just with respect to how the experiences are designed but also with respect to parental controls and parental education which is also very important in this space mm -hmm. so we see this partnership as a real opportunity um, to work on this you know on on these really two very important topics when you talk about um, children as confident creators, how do you think about the balance between the creation tools that are available for kids and I suppose like the, the, the protections and the guardrails for how that content is interacted with? 
because it's 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 sort of an interesting dynamic that's there that that I think everyone is 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 starting to sort of wrestle with and and definitely is going to be one of the the the, the key challenges for the metaverse. Yeah, I think that this is a very important topic because I think one of the big benefits of the metaverse is the fact that it gives opportunity for creativity to really flourish. And we know that that's really important and we want that to happen because when kids are able to create, you know, we know that that builds their confidence and self-esteem and problem solving and gives them all kinds of different skills that are important for their future. But there is a lot of really big questions, uh, you know, how to protect the content, how to filter it, how to monitor it, who can actually use it and be exposed to it, how do you monetize it, how do you, you know, what are children's rights in that in that in that area? So I think all of those key questions need to be answered. Look, I don't have the answers, but I think we need to work on this. And that's why we launched just now the Right Tech project, which is um, responsible innovation and technology uh, for children where we are partnering up. It's a three-year project where we are partnering up with many different stakeholders and partners. You know, obviously it's, it's sponsored by the Lego Foundation. It's gonna be run by the Lego Group and UNICEF, but there's a lot of different uh, universities and um, partners involved, including the <clears throat> Joan Gans Cooney Center that created Sesame Street. Mm -hmm. You know, that, and, and the whole purpose of that is to do research to help us understand, you know, how all of these different experiences are evolving and what can contribute the most to digital, to child's digital well-being, mm. not creating the frameworks that will help us to actually tackle these issues, you know, because I don't think that they should be driven I think that the, you know, if, if, if I think what I'm seeing right now is that the world and the industry at large, you know, is waking up to the fact that in this new evolution, and it's moving very fast, uh, of all kinds of different experiences that are being created, you know, we need to be able to, um, you know, it's better for the world to come together to design the principles and frameworks rather than for everybody to do their own thing and create a lot of wall gardens that are, you know, really kind of unmonitored or on unfiltered or, you know, mm -hmm. where, where it would be very difficult to navigate, especially when it comes to kids. Mm -hmm. So so I think Riotech is going to help us. I mean, that's definitely an initiative that we feel is going to be critical in helping us to shape exactly how we answer these questions that you're raising, but they're exactly the right questions to, 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 to ask right now. And how do you think, I mean, it, when you look at the concept of play, for 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 children i suppose for everybody to a degree but i mean the the, the definition of what that means because you, you talked about sort of you know this generation growing up with screens and and sort of access to screens being sort of what they expect you know in terms of in terms of engagement but when you think about like what play means to kids you know over the the, the, the last decade you know and, and and with all of these moving pieces happening like right now how how do you how does Lego sort of define what play is, um, or or even maybe if it's an easier question to answer, what play isn't across these? Yeah, it's a, we've done. You know, again, we are very one of our big goals is to become a global force for learning through play, and that's because we've known this for a long time that when children play, they learn. Mm. It's an implicit process that happens, but when they play, they learn. And we've seen that, of course, 
we are very, very fortunate to be working with the Lego bricks with the system in play because it's very yeah. evident that you see it. You know, we know that if you take a two by four brick of the same color, you take six, six of those bricks, you can make up to 915 million different combinations. Mm. So you can imagine that to a child, all these combinations will be different things that they would imagine. So this ability to imagine and express themselves, then, you know, ability to problem solve. Um, these are the kinds of things that develop, of course, you know, collaborate with each other. Th those are the kinds of things that develop their learning. And that happens implicitly because while they're having fun. Mm. Now we can take this to another level. The Lego Foundation has done a lot of work to understand play. Uh, the essence of play and what kind of play contributes to positive development of kids. And we have some pretty specific um, characteristics of play, um, you know, that in involve um, play that needs to be immersive, it needs to be really engaging. So the child is really engaged in it, you know, having um, a creative component to be able to express their creativity and imagination, but also a physical component to be able to, you know, build their um, mm. build, build, build their physical as well as cognitive abilities to problem solve, uh, to collaborate with others. Those are the kinds of things that are, you know, that, that constitute characteristics of play. So to your question, I would say that digital play for sure is very good play. Mm -hmm. uh, because kids can learn, they can immerse themselves. But of course, it has to have the right guardrails or the right frameworks in the sense that you know, should not be addictive, for example, is one of the things that we talk a lot about. And that's actually something that we are very aligned with the Epic Games on, that, you know, we don't want to encourage kids to just be glued to the screen, mm -hmm. be diverse in terms of giving them opportunity for different types of experiences and connections. Great if it's collaborative. And I think that the evolution of digital play can, 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 can provide all of those facets if it's done in the right way. Mm -hmm. so, so for sure, the definition... The definition of play stays the same, but the way that that is going to be brought to life mm. and can be, um, you know, can be accessed and, and offered to kids, that's evolving and that's super exciting, you know. And I we can see that even in how kids engage with things that they're really into. Like, if you take I don't know, let's take Formula One. They're really into Formula One. They consume a lot of content around Formula One they can engage in a great Formula One game. Um, they can watch Formula One, of course, they can re-watch Formula One, they can get to know, you know, their favorite celebrities and pilots. But similarly, when we launch McLaren Formula One, they love to build that. And, and that's the way that kids engage with their, with, with their passions. So, and, and I'm sure that in the future, they'll also be able to create their own tracks and, you know, their own cars and, and you know, virtually and, 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 and see, you know, whether they can go fast. And probably we should be able to offer them an opportunity to do that in real life as well. Mm -hmm. That's exciting um, as, a, as, a, as, a, as an opportunity. For sure. And, and, and I mean, I suppose sort of a similar question in a sense, but like, when you think about the evolution of the metaverse and, and sort of how you start to see it playing out and, and, and the partnership with Epic, I mean, I'm sure some of those, the, 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 the scenarios you just described, you know, are absolutely possible there. In terms of other things you're excited by, the, the, the possibilities that for Lego, that the metaverse might open up over time, are there any other areas that, that jump out? I think that the metaverse will, you know, 
it if you if I if I think of it as an opportunity to offer really exciting and immersive experiences across mm. the board to all kinds of different audiences, I see huge opportunities. Whether it's about kids engaging in their passions, it's whether it's about giving kids an opportunity to you know, to, to become confident creators um, to a greater extent even than now, connecting physical products to digital, um, you know, experiences. That's another area that is super exciting to think about if you think about IoT. Um, then I also think about families and family in, engagement because I think the metaverse is also likely to become a way for families to come together um, in a meaningful way. Um, there's obviously, you know, we have a massive fan base of adults that is increasing and expanding. And I'm sure that they will also find new amazing expressions. They're already contributing tremendous amount of content across the board. But I think as the metaverse is promising to offer even more immersive and interesting experiences and create even a bigger opportunity for joint connections, I think that's going to really help us a lot. I think also um, a few other things that just come to mind, education, you know, and ability to, for kids to learn differently from what they are, the, you know, with the more hands-on minds they're learning versus the learning that they would do in an academic environment. I think that's another area that's going to be very exciting to explore. And of course, we are very committed to Lego education, as you know. So I think that that's going to be another very interesting area. Then, um, you know, and then uh, I... I, I can't help but think about the fact that digital evolution has to be able to help diversity, um, you know, in, and inclusivity in a few different ways. One, to create, you know, to have access, to give access to everybody. You know, how that's going to happen, I don't know, but I would for sure hope that this will, you know, there will be a democratization of access as, as part of this. And therefore we'll be able to touch many more kids around the world and many more families. I hope that the evolution of metaverse will also give an opportunity for kids that have, um, that are different, you know, in some way, um, you know, to, to be able to find an inclusive environment for them, for themselves, whether it's kids that are neurodivergent, whether the kids that have, um, you know, some kind of um, issue um, or ability or just, you know, giving space for everybody to feel included. I worry about that as well, because mm -hmm. that is also space, if it's unregulated, that can be extremely exclusionary and predatory, especially when it comes to children. And that's why monitoring content and putting the right guardrails in place is so important. But I think if you look at it positively, there's a lot of opportunity there. Mm -hmm. One of the questions I have wanted to ask you for, I think, literally years is how does Lego manage to stay so culturally relevant for generation after generation? I mean, it's, it's, it's a remarkable achievement. Thank you, firstly, because I take it as a compliment. I, I don't think it happens by accident. I think that there are several different things that contribute to it. I think um, one thing that contributes to it is um, the fact that we do have an incredible system in play that is really a canvas for creative expression. And we have always embraced, and even more so in the last few years, our adult fans and, um, and, and, and just creators around the world. So the fact that 
the Lego bricks become an expression that can help, you know, to be culturally, you know, helps us also to stay very culturally relevant. And that happens in all kinds of different ways. Mm. So I think that that's one thing that has really contributed, you know, being open to people who want to create a movie or people who want to express their perspective through Lego bricks or just create amazing things, you know, that that has helped us to tap into culture. So that's something that has happened through, you know, support and fandom. Mm. Uh, and openness to experiment and 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 take risks and 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 you know try different things. The second reason why we do stay culturally relevant is because we work very hard at it. You know, we we are always looking at you know what are kids into, what are you know what are their big passions. Mm. We partner with some of the you know best entertainment brands, but also collaborators and companies around the world in order to tap into culture. And in the recent years, we have realized that our purpose also gives us the privilege, but also almost the obligation to, to also participate in the culture in a very, with a very strong voice. So we have been very deliberate to support Black Lives Matter, you know, with activations, um, uh, including the activation of the Black History Month. It's, a, it's, a, it's an ongoing thing, um, you know, tapping into, um, Women's International Day and Day of the Girl, you know, tapping into pride and other really exciting things that are going to be coming. So I think this kind of, you know, ability to also tap into culture um, and then shape um, and start to some extent for kids in particular, you know, continuously focusing ourselves on how do we surprise and delight them and do things that they don't expect. Mm -hmm. um, so innovation is another very big element of it, but it's not, I don't think it's accidental. And I think one of the, you know, it, it, it's, it's, it's really the, I think the conviction and the support from the family ownership of the Lego group and the commitment to its purpose that's also helping us significantly to continue to, to, to be very culturally relevant. Mm. No, it's it's as I said, it's it's really a remarkable accomplishment, um, and then I suppose to 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 wrap up our conversation. Um, let's do a little bit of future gazing um what how what is lego in 10 years time what does the company look like um what is what is the same and what is different i think that um in 10 years time the thing that's going to be the same is that we're going to still have children as our number one priority we're going to mm -hmm. still have um we are, we should be by that time, the global force for learning through play. That's our aim. Mm -hmm. um, and uh, the brick will be at the heart of the company because it is still um, an extremely, I don't see it losing any kind of relevance with new generations uh, because it's still an unbelievable experience. So I think those things, um, those things will, will, will stay the same. Um, what will be different? I'm sure many things will be different because there's so much innovation and it's so rapid that if you look at ourselves 10 years ago, of course, some things are the same, probably the ones that I've talked about, but many things will change. Hmm. I feel we're all going to be significantly impacted by the digital innovation and it's going to really explode and that will have hmm. impact on how we work. It will have impact on our factories. It will have impact on, you know, um, it will for sure have impact on our experiences. But my expectation is that we would still be innovating and doing amazing experiences. For sure, some of the things that we're talking right now about as um, you know, things that are 
could be very exciting, I think could at that point be a staple, like connecting digital and physical together, mm-hmm. um, ensuring that every product has intelligence. I can imagine a world like that. Mm-hmm. Uh, and I'm sure that things like that will happen. But I do feel that kids will still be growing up, discovering the world and being really excited about finding their own way to contribute to that world. I think kids will shape it more and more. Mm. And I'm definitely hoping that at that time, you know, the Lego group can look back and say, you know, we have been, um, you know, we have been champions of children and we have contributed significantly to, to the fact that they are now safely, you mm. know, also in a very fun and engaging way can travel around the metaverses or whatever that is going to be. Mm. But there is diversity and inclusivity uh, in the world and that, that kids are thriving. I, I would hope that that's kind of the kind of world we're going to be in. Uh, indeed. Well, it's, it's, it's an extremely optimistic vision for the future, and I, I've no doubt Lego will be right at the heart of it. Um, well, you know, the, the most optimistic people in the world are children. This is very true. This is very so, true. I think we, we all need a bit of optimism. It's good. Because they, they think, you know, they, they, they think anything is possible. So hopefully they will help us to shape a better world than so well, far. Well, I think it's, it's, it's what's so interesting about, you know, um, children being able to have access to more creator tools in the right kind of environments, you know, and, and, and really sort of empowering them and, and, and what can come out of all of that. Absolutely. Yeah, for sure. Um, well, Julia Golden, uh, Chief Product and Marketing Officer at Lego, thank you very much for joining us on Kid Tech today. Thank you.